welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello and welcome to episode 448 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? Happy New Year, buddy. And happy new year. Yeah, I am good. I am good, but I have one thing to say. Oh, you got And I, I want to say it because I think it could be affecting a lot of people and people not realising it. But um, because I've had long COVID, I had COVID um, in the August the 2019. Um, 2020. I hope not, hope not fully 2019. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2020. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, brain, brain doesn't work, COVID. Um, um, and uh, I've had long COVID symptoms ever since. And having finally got uh, through the NHS to get a full blood test, it turns out that I have some, um, it's described as COVID-19 induced. It's like internal organ damage. And one of the things when you start to look at it is that people have got um, lesions on internal organs, heart, lungs, you know, brain, or kinds of things. Um, and it's only having the blood test that made me realise it. So I'm, I'm saying to people, and, and I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm going to go in for tests. But it's like, um, it, it's important if you are feeling long COVID symptoms to go and get a good blood test, not just for you, um, because you, there could be treatments for you, but also it's expanding the knowledge base. Because when I talk about it with the doctors, they say, oh, well, we don't know. Am I going to get better? We don't know. Am I going to get worse? We don't know. Uh-huh. And it's only if we start sharing this science together. That, so so I've just got to shout out, if you've had COVID and, and you've got long symptoms, go and get a full blood test from your GP. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're entering that phase really, aren't we, now where we try and see what the we need a bit more of a long-term plan i've had my two shots and my booster and all that i'm quite happy yeah. to do it uh, yeah. but i'd rather not be getting injections in my arm every six months or whatever the, the planet i don't think that's too sustainable um and we need a long-term fix and especially yeah if people like you um or the, i assume there will be a lot of people like you maybe not maybe but uh it's a bit of a weird experiment we're running isn't it so we need to yeah be smart. One of the problems appears to be that um, a lot of younger people that have been asymptomatic um, could actually have internal lesions anyway, but that won't come out until they're in middle age. Right. Um, so there, there's a lot of kind of predictions for disease spikes um, in the next kind of 50 years, I guess. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. crazy time. We won't, we won't know that. Yeah. So, don't want to put a damper on everything because things are good. But what I'm just saying is, if you can get get a blood test because that actually increases the knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good shout. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Well. Uh, yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> and how's yours been? <laughs> all fine as ever. Ed's fine. I mean, yeah. I can't believe. I mean, uh, uh, so far, touch wood and all that. Um, we haven't it hasn't been through our family yet um, maybe it has maybe we it's been through early on and we're just one of those lucky lucky groups that uh it had no no impact on at all but i don't know well, in the extended family here we, i think we're up to 21 now really uh, people that have been tested positive over the last sort of year or so 
I mean, yeah, again, touch wood, but it's we're the exact opposite in my family and extended family, just no no sign of it at all. Um, mm-hmm. Even in a lot of our close friends, it's just we've, we've, we've managed to avoid it. So I, I feel quite, it's quite weird for me because I watch the news and I see what's going on and I've, you know, I know, you know, people in my circle have had it and have got it, but it's it's affected us in such a little way, like in terms of actually getting the disease, the virus, that it's quite hard for me to kind of really fully grasp <laughs> what's going on on planet Earth because, yeah, I haven't been ill from it. So, um, yeah, fair, yeah, fair play to all those that it's, it's directly impacted. Mm. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Very strange. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're talking about road safety today. Partly, well, we shouldn't really be because you sent me an article to Road Safety Week and I'm a bit of a road safety nut and I was like, where? Are you sure? But then, you know, there are various weeks and days throughout the year and I I thought we just had Road Safety Week in the UK uh, and it was in November. You found Road Safety Week in India. (laughs) Yeah! I'm global. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, shout out to our Indian listeners who I think from January the 11th uh, is, is the week of road safety initiatives, yeah, um, which we'll, we'll talk about and we'll we'll widen the discussion up not just to talk about road safety because I, I think the interesting thing about road safety that I've found from my perspective in the last few years as I've been campaigning on cycling and walking stuff is that it transcends a lot of other things and one of the things that it does transcend is our mental health and our kind of uh, how we interact with our environment, which has a, yeah, a massive impact on on how we live and how we kind of view the world. So I will bring it all back, and I'm sure you will, Sean, as well, into the whole live in the present, um, yeah, movement because I think it's quite a strong, a, a really underappreciated uh, thing about road safety and how we travel. Is uh, mm-hmm. we'll come on to that in a bit. But yeah, what was your have you got any idea statistically <laughs> how much time people spend? in transport every day oh no not off the top of my head no you have to look at it i know i know there's some stupid stats about how much time we an average person will spend in a car in their lifetimes you know it's like a year and a year or something like that more mm. um but yeah we spend we spend a lot of time mm. i mean i guess in, in a kind of a higher level philosophical sense we're always moving we're always transiting from somewhere even if it's from your front room to your back room or your downstairs to upstairs we're always we're always moving aren't we <laughs> yeah but we're hard to gather we're designed to move yes <clears throat> we're not designed to sit whether it is me sitting here or whether it's sitting in a car our bodies mm. weren't designed to do that were they? no exactly mm. um so yeah what, what's what's road safety to you sean and what what, what you put in your blog post that we'll we'll link to in the show notes um i, I think that the thing um about road safety in general is that um i I think we from my point of view we become road illiterate because when when we were kids on on the council estate down london um uh, we we'd all go out and we'd play in the streets on the streets we'd we'd be traveling around and doing things the whole council estate would empty out in the morning all the kids would be walking to school and you don't see that anymore People don't interact with other people in the road. People are in metal boxes. Um, and I suppose one of the things that concerns me is how do, how do we educate children so that they understand what's going on in the road if they're never in the road? Mm. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I, I've, I have quite radical views on, on road safety that have been shaped in the last few years. As I've, I've got to know, uh, I feel like I've done a quite a good job of investigating um, all that, all levels. Basically, my, my mission has been like, getting, getting, figuring out how we get more people cycling for, for, um, for short trips, you know, like up to five miles. Um, and a part of that has been getting to know local road safety folks, um, like from the council, from the police, um, through to charities, um, such as mm-hmm. there's one called Road Peace, and I've, I've I've sort of I've been to a few of their meetings. And Road Peace is a charity that helps families that have suffered through a bereavement in the, in their family uh, through someone that's died um, in a traffic collision. So that's been like going to those meetings is is just like a real eye opener because you you know you're speaking and you meet with people that have lost loved ones on the roads. Or, mm-hmm. or, or suffered from like really horrific life-changing injuries, which uh, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, it's really sobering meeting with those people. And then, you know, speaking to the pe- to those guys about my quite, kind of quite unique <laughs> ideas about road safety um, is, is hard because, you know, my, 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 my perspective is thing. I, I'm quite anti things like, helmets oh no i'm not i'm not anti-helmets when it comes to cycling that's not right if you want to wear a helmet when you're riding that's cool my perspective is that and shaped by data and like is that the idea that you should wear a helmet or a high-vis jacket when you're riding a bike on paper makes sense but the, the the actual image that you're projecting to the world is that cycling is unsafe and it's not something that you should do lightly and then it's like you should what you should really be doing is is driving because yeah, it's up. So you're actually sending the message out into the universe that cycling is unsafe. So more, fewer people will then choose to ride a bike, <laughs> which leads to more traffic, which leads to a lack of safety overall. It's interesting because when we go out as a family, I'm the only one that wears a helmet, hmm? and the reason the reason I wear a helmet has a very specific cause. It must have been early '90s when I was working in Wales. And there was a guy who'd come down on a, on a mountain bike, coming down one of the mountains, and had gone over the top and had hit a rock and split his head. And, and, they, and it, we're, we're, I, I'm actually supporting the A&E and the theatre stuff because this was her, a, quite a horrendous thing. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. But the comment that they all made was, if he'd had a helmet on, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, I yeah. would work, there are lots of... I would wear a helmet if I was coming down a mountain at 30 miles yeah. an hour. Um, yeah, and I mean, obviously, he was doing crazy speeds. Yeah. But ever since then, I've habitually always worn a helmet. Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, and you ride you ride a bike fairly regularly, so that's that's, yeah, yeah. that's fine, man. I guess yeah. um, uh, it's really I've, – I've spoken with any people about this and had, like, quite – like heated not arguments but it gets quite heated energetic communication yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and i can you know i'm understanding of their position because it's if, you, if you're going to fall off your bike and you hit your head then you do you would want something there to protect you um but my point is that yeah it's that lack but we, we focus so much on wrapping people up in in, in plastic and high vis that it actually leads to fewer people doing that wondrous activity like walking or cycling which has massive knock-on effects. You know, if you go into you know, what's the like heart disease and cancer are two of the biggest killers uh, nationally in the UK and globally. And what's a great fix for heart disease 
and and cancer or to like reduce it's walking and cycling <laughs> so um it's there's like and, and that like, like far far outweighs the, the risks from from head injury so uh yeah yeah do you know what i mean <clears throat> yeah 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 but yeah getting that message across to road safety professionals is re- is really hard and it, like i've had yeah i've been laughed out of meetings so many times <laughs> Uh, so it's fascinating and it's all about that kind of cult- cultural shift that we need, you know, um, when it comes to changing our, our transport habits, really, uh, yeah. which I've, I've found quite tricky to, to overcome in my campaigning. <clears throat> mm. Mm. Yeah. So what's your thing about high vis then? Uh, my, my main thing is that it doesn't work. There's, there's no, there's no data anywhere to, to support um, the fact that we're in a, high, a, a, a fluorescent jacket. Um, makes you any safer on the roads. So it's it's mainly used as an excuse by professionals that don't want to do the actual hard work of re-engineering our roads or re-engineering cars to be a little bit slower and like a little bit less heavy, that kind of thing. Um, they'll just kind of, when, when you get these road safety weeks around the world, I'm sure, uh, from from organizations that are funded by the state, by, you know, by councils and the government, it's just an excuse, really. They'll they'll always bring out the high vis and jackets thing and blaming children for not looking before they cross. Whereas what we should really be doing, if we want to kind of eliminate the 1.3 million deaths annually that that drivers cause, is slow cars down like a lot and maybe you know change our how our roads are are designed so that it's impossible to be distracted or by the rate or you know by the radio being too loud on your car that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to do that because culturally, the car is such a um, a powerful tool for not just getting around, but just kind of status um, that it, it like no one wants to do that. It's, uh, but one of the comments you made to me before we went on there um, was about how you and I both have an electric bike, but the electric bike is limited; it's got a limiter on it, mm-hmm. so it can only go so fast, and then then the engine cuts out. Yeah. And your comment was, why don't we do that with cars? If the, if the speed limit is 70 miles an hour, why can cars go faster than that? Because you can't do that on an electric bike. Yeah, sometimes you'll see a little sticker on the back of like a Royal Mail van or a, you know, a BT open reach van that, that says this van is limited to 70 miles an hour. And it like, I always find that interesting because what, what is the actual like maximum speed you can you can drive legally in the, in this country? It's 70, so... Yeah, but my, my e-bike, the motor cuts out at 15 miles an hour for safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Why, why can I get in my Volvo and do 120 down the motorway or, or down any road? You know, it's crazy. Mm. So, mm. Uh, and I think it's cultural. I think it's cultural, to be honest. Like, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of pushback from, from car companies and from people that like to drive. That, but oh, does anywhere in the world put limiters on car engines so that actually can, they, they can't go beyond the speed limit? No, but there are some EU regulations coming in this year um, that should should make that like the, the rule. So there'll be GPS limits and that kind of thing. You can the car organ the companies are trying to worm their way out of all sorts of rules by saying, oh, but sometimes people need to go faster than the speed limit so that they can overtake or some rubbish like that. So uh, I think you will be able able to override the system uh, in some way. But yeah, again, why why would why would anyone not want to like limit these massive heavy machines to uh, to what the law says you're allowed to do? It's very strange. 
<laughs> well, they become offensive weapons, don't they, rather than just, just a machine. It's like the, the, you, you've got a, a, a lethal device in your hand when you drive. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, yeah, I drive, and I've had three speeding tickets in my time. Um, it's been a while, and nothing has changed my kind of how I drive, uh, like riding a bike every day. So if you want to – if you've got – anyone's listening, they want to they wanna become a safer driver um, – I would just suggest getting on a bike uh, and just riding around your local neighborhood and getting used to that. Because A, you should be doing it anyway because catastrophic climate change is on its way. <laughs> but also, it will just give you a much better uh, insight into into like how unsafe our cars are, really. So my driving has is, is changed loads since I've been riding a bike. I'm much more patient and calm uh, and slower. Um, and I even I don't like driving with the radio on anymore now. I can't do it. I find it too it's too much going on. So I'll have I just like to drive in, in silence now, and even with a window open, just so I can hear what's going out on in the going out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And you can smell it if you open the window. Yeah. Whereas yeah. all you can smell if you had the window shut is the air freshener in the car. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we need to look to our friends. And the best example of of road safety initiatives is in our good friends in uh, in holland in the netherlands mm. who've been nailing this stuff for well it was in the 70s when they started the big push for cycling a lot of people assume that people have always ridden bikes in holland not the case like amsterdam was chocker full of cars in the 70s and then two things happened there was um, an oil an oil crisis um which kind of forced the government's hand a little bit and then there was a campaign called Stop the Kindermort, I think it is, which translate as Stop Child Murder. So there were that many kids being killed in the streets by motorists. And that some campaigners got really feisty about it. Uh, and yeah, they, the, the, the slogan was Stop Murdering Children. Uh, and they campaigned like mad and block roads and all sorts. Um, and the government took action and, and basically started this kind of 40, 50-year plan of of just changing changing how how people get around. And a lot of people still have cars in, in Holland, uh, but they just know when to use them. And they have this thing called sustainable road safety, uh, which is basically every chance they get to, to re-engineer an intersection or a section of road, <clears throat> they take it. So they've been, they've been at this for 30, 40 years now. So that they have safe roads without um, the need for too many signs or, you know, roundels telling you what speed to do you kind of one of the things you were saying to me was that they use the nudging principle they change the road surface so you know from what you can feel in the car which is that's really interesting to me psychologically because then you do it instinctually yeah there's a bit of there's a section of road from where i live to williston in in uh just in across the border in cheshire Mm. and it changes from 30 miles an hour to 20 miles an hour Mm. now i'm i'm i like to drive at 20 partly just to annoy people behind me. <laughs> but there's nothing actually in the road design that makes you slow down apart from a little sign that says 20. So I can I can understand why people don't obey that limit and you know might cruise through at 25 or even 30. Um, in the, in the Holland what would happen is there's something in the environment would change. There might be a little sign as well saying the speed limit. But you would you would probably go up a bump onto like a raised surface so that you know that Oof, you've gone into like a, a residential area. Um, the road might get narrow all of a sudden to make you want to go slow. There might be more trees lining it so that you feel a bit more kind of claustrophobic. 
I'll link, I'll link to a video um, on, on YouTube that explains it a bit better. But people drive slower because of the environment, not because like some little signs told them to, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, and, and then people can more easily choose to walk and cycle. More kids can can walk to school, that kind of thing. And you get all those extra health uh, and environmental benefits um, mm. just through some little simple changes in, in engineering. Mm. So yeah. yeah, roads. So yeah, road safety is bollocks in in this country. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that a technical uh, phrase? That yeah, and you know, I know a lot of people that work in that field professionally, and I feel sorry for them because they're the set of tools they have uh, when it comes around to to like doing campaigns is is limited. So they, that's why they have to choose things like teaching kids how to cross the road, and you know, wrapping cyclists in in fluorescent jackets and plastic cups on their head. Um, when what they should really be doing is is talking to engineers about how we change the the environment um, itself, because um, that that would have a much bigger impact. Really, it's quite sad, really. Um, but hopefully, we we get we'll get there eventually. But um, it's sad that we haven't already figured it out. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm ho- I'd love to get to Holland this year. I think it's on my list really of things to do. Try and get a, get the ferry across or get a train round to a. Uh, experience it firsthand and see and see what we're missing out on so would you go on your bike uh i could do i'd probably just hire one when when i was there but get the train across to hull or something like that or newcastle and get the ferry maybe when, when i lived on the isle of Wight, we'd quite often get the ferry over to normandy uh on the bikes and then go and cycle around normandy in the camp and stuff and, nice and and in france they have much more respect for cyclists so I believe, yeah, my dad's my dad did the London to Paris ride a few years ago and he said that it was like just living in another world, like you've just yeah. given so much more time and, and certain space. Yeah, but also special cycle routes so that um, maybe the, um, the road goes right down to a right angle, but they've done a cycle track across the fields that cuts the corner off, you know, which might be 10 miles or something, but it's uh, amazing. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm desperate to get over there. Really, I should also mm-hmm. know that we've got some new highway code changes coming in, coming in in the UK in late this month in January, uh, which will shake things up a little bit in terms of pedestrian safety and priority. Um, so it's worth checking those out because that's another thing. Who's read the highway code since they passed the test? You know, when when they were 19 or 20 or whatever. It's like but yeah, probably worth having a little look again. But, and are those changes driven by the EU? Or are they um, uh, generated by us? No, they're by us. Yeah, yeah, UK, UK changes that got through through Parliament. I mean, yeah, this government's a bit shaky on a few issues, <laughs> as we know. But um, it's fair play. Some of the uh, some of the sustainable transport stuff that they're doing is on walking and cycling is okay. And uh, yeah, it's, so it's it's kind of creating a hierarchy of, of road users, so that when you're walking, you you kind of you're getting a bit more respect and a bit more time. And the main thing is that if you're crossing a jump, crossing a road, a side road, your drivers will have to stop to let you cross. I mean, I'm I mean, not, uh, crossing as a pedestrian. Crossing so. as a pedestrian, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 cyclists will have to stop as well. So it's about putting people walking at the top of the food chain when it comes to to mm-hmm. getting around, um, mm-hmm. which uh, it's pretty hard to argue with. There's a lot of like snidey. Um, tabloid articles doing the rounds about kind of 
the war on drivers and all that kind of stuff saying that, oh, you can, when you're driving, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to stop for people walking lots more. Oh, the horror. So, but ignore all that rubbish because generally people that drive do tend to have to walk from their car to somewhere else. So hopefully it's something that will affect all of us. <laughs> positively. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how quickly the change happens, like in terms of, you know, because I'm going to be test- testing this stuff out when I'm walking, um, crossing the road and seeing if people stop to let me over. I don't I think it's with, going to take... With your body camera on. So. With my body cam on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a big cultural shift as well, you know. Car is king in the UK, isn't it? So uh, to have to stop for people walking, ugh, imagine mm. the horror of it. But I think in time it will prove to be quite a uh, ground groundbreaking change, really, and it will impact how people move. So how long did it take Holland to make that switch from being car-dominated to introducing the bikes and the walking? Um, well, I mean, they're, they're still working on things. Not everywhere is perfect in Holland, so they're, they're kind of 50 mm. years into their journey, and mm. they're still still working on it. So, mm. yeah, 40, 50 years, but um, still they're still cracking away. We've got a long way to, to go, so it's going to be interesting to see if we can have a big shift in the next 10 years in how we, uh, and how, how we do things, it's going to be fascinating because yeah. I mean, you bring it back to like the live in the present stuff <clears throat> and the, um, we do, I think we really miss a trick, uh, in the UK and most of the Western world in terms of prioritizing, uh, sustainable transport for mental and physical health reasons, mm-hmm. really. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a no brainer, you know, if you've been yeah. for a walk or, or a ride, you know that you'll feel better at the end of it generally, won't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's inevitable. Because yeah. if you're sat on a train and, and you're all kind of squashed up together, you know, um, it's not a good vibe in there. Mm, no, not generally. So, uh, mm. yeah, in terms of, yeah, what, if you want to live in the present, then you, you want to get get out of your car and get off, well, pro- yeah, possibly get off that crowded train as well. Yeah. Um, because... Okay. Um, yeah, you're missing out on some real he- health benefits there. And yeah, there's a really interesting underground map for London, which shows the steps between the stations. Oh, wow. So, you actually get off the train and you walk from that station to the next, how many steps it takes to do it. Because <laughs> they're quite often they're, they're very close together, some of them, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's quite amazing. You know, people are looking at, they want to get their steps in. Well, if I get off three stops earlier, I can walk to work and, and get those steps in you know, yeah kind of yeah yeah i used to do that in liverpool when i was getting the train back from uh, i had an office there and uh i live i worked on old hull street so near to more fields but if you get on the more fields and you go into the world you have to go all the way around the loop yeah and then you go back to james street and then you go back under the tunnel whereas i've kind of figured out quite early on well i can just walk to james street miss out yeah. three stops and yeah. uh Taking a bit of the city as well because the, the city centre in Liverpool is a pretty awesome place, really. Some beautiful yeah, old yeah. buildings and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, amazing. You yeah. can do it, guys. Yeah. You can do it. Walk and cycle, and don't listen to all that. Uh, yeah, scaremongering about yeah cycling being unsafe and walking being unsafe. Just get, yeah, just get out there because it's Walk, walking being unsafe. I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, we we do have on on paper we have safe roads in the UK quite a low percentage of killed and seriously injured uh, people, but it's come at the expense of far fewer kids walking to school independently and yeah. 
and you know poorer air pollution that kind of thing so that that statistic that we focus on a lot how many people have died this week in the uk on the roads mm -hmm. isn't isn't doesn't tell the full story no hopefully that yeah hopefully i haven't bored everyone too much with all this stuff i'm doing a talk about it next month uh, to a, a local organization so i'll uh this has helped shape my my talk a little bit this one yeah good Mm. Yeah, maybe you should record it and then put it up online. Yeah, I might do. Yeah, I did it last year. I did a, a talk to the council called um, "How Road Safety Can Save the World," mm. and it was it was all about that stuff. It's about focusing less on, uh, mm. yeah, obsessing over yeah that the one or two deaths that we get on from collisions, which are serious, but and focus a bit more on the tens of thousands of deaths and injury and illness from heart disease and cancer and air pollution mm. that kind of thing you know change how we it go. is funny in, in doha and Qatar, um the way they do their roads people people drive a bit erratically there um but they have these humps in the road that are so extreme you have to slow down to get over the hump if you don't the car takes off you know <laughs> and you break your neck kind of thing you yeah. know um and and you'll see the taxi drivers go right up to the hump slow down and then they take yeah. off again. But it, but it does actually stop the traffic. Yeah. You know, it breaks it. Engineering, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. A bit, bit, bit more of that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Cool. What's your resource of the week, Sean? Well, it, it's interesting. This. You, you said about um, speed um, tickets. I, I went through uh, a camera um, a good few years ago, and uh, I opted to go on the course rather than, paid the fine just go on the course so I went on the course and in those days the course lasted the whole day so you spent the morning in the classroom yeah and did all the stuff with the group of people and in the afternoon three drivers got in the car and went out with an with an instructor who was an advanced um driving test tester yeah, yeah. um and mm -hmm. um we we each had to take half an hour driving from an advanced driving point of view and what it meant was you had to drive along and you had to verbalize everything you could see. You know, there's someone walking down the pavement there. You had to have this kind of awareness. And it changed the way that I drove completely because it, it made me much more aware of all the other users on the road because I had to verbalize and vocalize the whole thing as we were driving along. Um, and it was amazing when you were watching, you're sat now watching someone else doing the driving and you're thinking, well, you missed that. And you missed that, you didn't get that. Mm. But that sense of expanding your awareness rather than looking up the backside of the car in front, actually looking around and seeing what's around you. And that changed the way I drove completely. Yeah. And it, it did actually slow me down too, yeah. Yeah, I did the course, yeah, a good seven or eight years ago as well. I think it was a half day I did. Um, and yeah, actually, it was before my kind of obsession with all this stuff, and it was before I'd started riding a bike again. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Actually, I quite enjoyed the day, and I, I do remember thinking. I remember watching a film, and they would try, they told you how many things can you see that are potential hazards or something like that. Mm, yeah, and I remember writing down seven or eight. And there was actually like twenty-two or twenty-five or something like that. And like, yeah, what about yeah. this? What about that? And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, cars are designed to, to be quite desensitizing now aren't they the kind of windows up super insulated from the noise outside um amazing sound systems and gadgets going on and all that kind of stuff so it, you, in some ways i can understand why people 
are distracted or or uh, switched off because that but, but some of the cars now and it's true about the one i got out there if you get too close to a vehicle in front it tells you yeah right so you don't even have to think about it right it, with with the car that i had that was written off the mercedes the one after the one i had uh, not only would it tell you if you were uh, too close to something in front but it would put the brakes on mm. and maintain the distance nice so, uh, which, well, I mean, it is nice, but also it takes your attention away. Ah, okay. The car's going to do it, isn't it? Yeah, it does, because you can kind of switch off and assume that. I think, yeah, the, the Tesla have a self-driving, don't they? A full self-driving mode that it's called, mm-hmm. even though you can't. And I think a lot of people are getting into bother um, with mm-hmm. it. It's it's not quite there yet, and uh, people are switching off, thinking that they're safe, and they're not. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of YouTube videos, actually. If you look for full, full self-driving Tesla on YouTube, you'll see where the technology is up to at the moment. And I don't think we're ever going to get to the – I don't think we're going to reach that nirvana of self-driving cars. I think we're going to run out of time and like the, the infrastructure of our roads won't be able to cope in terms of yeah. – yeah. But it's kind of interesting to see uh, where it's mm. – mm. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll stop going. I'm going to link to a YouTube channel called Not Just Bikes, which is Dutch – He's a Canadian guy that lives in Holland and it's his perspective about the roads um, in in the Netherlands and how we can learn from them. And it's about all sorts of stuff. It's called not just bikes because it's not, that's the thing about cycling. It's not just about cycling. It's about all the other mad benefits that we, that we can get. Uh, I mean, Holland just looks like a more pleasant place to live in terms of the, the environment. It's just a bit more peaceful and uh, yeah. So really good YouTube channel though. Well, well, recommend it yeah i'll have a look all right sure cool yeah drive safely hey or ride safely yeah (laughs) or walk safe yeah don't forget to look before you cross the road and all that all that old-fashioned stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) right you have a good week okay and you you take care see you next time everyone Bye. bye bye